Welcome to Heartland Church. It is our prayer that as you listen to the following message, you would experience the heart of God for your life. For more information about our ministry and available resources, visit us on the web at heartlandchurchonline.com. Now, let's join this week's service already in progress. I want to do something as somebody who's involved in the healing ministry. I want to talk about something that most people in the healing ministry don't talk about. And yet, I I think it's incredibly valuable and, and important. What do you do when you pray with great faith, believing, and you don't get the results that you were praying for? You don't get the results that you thought you were going to get. As Dave has referenced, um, almost 15 months ago, my wife um, went to be with the Lord. Um, She died of cancer. And yet in in that period, I I was still seeing people healed. I, I only did really one trip, one ministry um, during the year, in April of uh, 16, because, because people had already spent money and I had to go. Um, but I was seeing cancer heal. I was seeing all kinds of stuff happening. I, I saw strokes. I saw blind eyes. It was an incredible ministry time, and yet um, prayed vigorously for my wife, and, and uh, I didn't get the results that I wanted for. So here's, here's what I want to just say to you about that. And, 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 and really, the question is, you know, how, how are you doing? Oh, God, I hate that question. However, I'm trying to look at it uh, as I heard a woman talk about she had, one of her children had uh, been shot in that Sandy Hook thing a couple of years ago. And she, she, everybody else that was interviewed on the, like a 60 Minutes kind of program said, you know, I hate that question, you know, because I don't know how to answer it. Or, or people will, will come up and say, you know, I'm so sorry for your loss. Well, you, just, you don't know how to answer that. And, and she said, I've decided to look at it like, when you ask me how am I doing because of what's, what's gone on in my life, I just take a moment to remember the precious child that I had and what a joy that child was. So I, that's what I'm, I'm trying to choose to do. There's a common misconception, particularly in the United States, but I think it's universal throughout the church. The misconception is when I accept Jesus into my life, everything's okay. I know I thought that. And that's not always true. We live in a fallen, broken, toxic world. There is an enemy and he's real. And sometimes we make bad decisions. I'm dealing with loss in my life because of death. But the reality is we're all, we all face loss of some sort in our lives. Uh, You lose your job. You you lose your house. The economy goes bad. You you lose a friendship, a relationship. You you lose uh, uh, someone through death, someone who's close to you, your your Aunt Betty or or whatever. We all go through loss in life. Every one of us. He never promises a rose garden, as the song would say. We all go through loss, so how do you handle it? What do you do? In Romans 8, it says, All things work together for good for those who uh, who love and are called according to his purpose. Matthew 6, uh, Seek first the kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. As Bill Johnson said, It doesn't doesn't mean that you're going to get everything you want, but you will find the kingdom comes fully equipped. It's what will help you get through the hard part. God can win with any hand he's dealt but he doesn't deal every hand. We have an enemy, we have a fallen world, and we have human tendencies that sometimes we make bad decisions. 
um, I have recognized very clearly um, that I sometimes move in presumption. I've read the books about John G. Lake, great healing uh, evangelist of the teens in the 1920s. And he went to Africa and he established many churches. And they were having a plague during that time. And, and he, he believed in the anointing of God so strongly on his life that he literally put the plague on his arm and they put it under a microscope and the plague died. And so I have taken the position, I just pray for the John G. Lake anointing to kill all the germs and stuff. So I've never gotten a shot or taken pills for any place I've been in, in the world to India and Sri Lanka and Fiji and the Philippines and, and the Latin American countries. I, I've never done that. The bottom line is God spoke to John G. Lake. I don't know that he's spoken to me. Am I in presumption? I kind of think maybe I am. So I've been a lot more careful now that as I've started to realize some of these things. We have an enemy. We have a fallen, toxic world. We have human tendencies that sometimes we make mistakes. And Isaiah 55, his ways are not our ways. His ways are higher. We have a need to understand whether you are left brain, detail-oriented like me, all your ducks in a row kind of guy. I'm the kind of guy, in fact, I, I, I did it last night for those of you who weren't here. There were two pieces of paper left here on the, on the podium, uh, announcements or whatever. I am so analytical, left brain, all my ducks in a row, I could not speak with those two pieces of paper left up here. I had to go put them up over there. I just like clarity in, in my life. Clarity. Wisdom. Wisdom. Take them, move them, move them away so that you concentrate. We have a need to understand. So if you're left brain, I mean, it's really strong. If you're right brain, it's the same thing. That's that, that emotional feeling, feeling-based kind of person. There's always a need to understand. And in Philippians, it says, Be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving in your heart. Let your request be known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds. This is what helped me. If your need to understand is so great, then you'll never have the peace that passes all understanding. We'll let that one sink in. So I'm going through a new season. I have to be honest with you. Fifteen months later, it hurts like hell. As somebody who, went through, who, who, who is going through the same experience with me, uh, his wife died within weeks of uh, Carol passing. He and I saw each other in June, and he said, you know, for the first four or five months, you're just numb. But by then, all the other people have kind of moved away. All those who said they would be with you, they'd stand with you, etc. And, and life sets in, and that's just so true. So I'm going through hell. So what has helped me? What could help you, no matter what your loss is. For me, it was the release of, uh, it, it, it was really two things. First was the release of Brian and Jen Johnson's um, um, album. I, I date myself because I still call them albums. I, I don't know what you call them now, but CDs, but, or downplay, whatever. It, it's called After All These Years. And there's one song on there because it really was detailing the, the depression the problems that Brian uh, walked through. Now, Brian and Jen, uh, Brian is the son of Bill Johnson, Bethel Church, etc. Jen is uh, the wife. And um, they're just incredible worship leaders. They, they wrote a song based on what uh, Brian had been going through. And the song's called, You're Gonna Be Okay. The, the words that I picked up, to me, probably are better than anything I could speak to you. I, 
I'm tempted to say preach, but most of you know now I'm not a preacher. I'm just a storyteller. I know it's all you've got to just be strong. And it's a fight to keep it together. I know you think you're too far gone, but hope is never lost. Hope is never lost. Hold on. Don't let go. Hold on. Don't let go. Just take one step closer. Put one step in front of the other. You'll get through this. Just follow the light in the darkness. You're going to be okay. I know your heart is heavy from those nights. Yeah, that's the worst. Just remember that you're a fighter. And you never know what tomorrow will bring. You're stronger than you know. Hold on. Don't let go. Just take one step closer. Put one foot in front of the other. Just keep following the light. And when the night is closing in, don't give up and don't give in. This won't last. It's not the end. You're going to be okay. Wow, powerful words. I am not by any means trying to tell you this is all easy. No matter what your loss is. And, and it can be just as painful losing a, a, a favored pet. Losing a loved one, losing your job, losing friendships. It, it, it doesn't matter. I mean, it can affect us all. And I'm not saying it's easy. I'm just saying, where is your trust? And, and how do you get through this? So I recognized back at the first of last year that I just need some new worship stuff. I need some new worship songs. I need to just keep getting in and, and positioning myself. And so I... I, I I saw a bunch of the new songs uh, from Bethel and Hillsong. And there, there was this one song that I downloaded. It's Hillsong United. Um, and, and the woman, first of all, she has an English accent. And, and so it comes through a little bit in the song. So it's kind of hard to understand. And her voice can get really high. Um, and so that's kind of hard. And um, I, I play music in my, in my house. In fact, there's music going on right now, has been from the moment I left the house. To establish a, an atmosphere of, of worship. I, you know, I just invite the angels in and all this kind of stuff. So um, I, I would have that music going. I have it going all the time except when I'm sleeping. And, and, and I recognized that song's touching my heart, but I don't know what it's saying. So um, maybe three, four months ago, I, I went on YouTube, got that you know, music video, looked at the words... And uh, it, it just kind of brought me to being undone. The, the woman first starts out by quoting, speaking. It's Psalm 69, verses 29 through 36 from the Message Bible. And, and, and I'm going to play this song for you. But I want to set it up just so that you definitely hear what she's saying. Because sometimes with the English accent, it's a little hard. I'm hurt and in pain. Give me space for healing and mountain air. Let me shout God's name with a praising song. Let me tell his greatness in a prayer of thanks. For God, this is better than oxen on the altar. For far better than blue ribbon bulls. The poor in spirit see and are glad. Oh, you God seekers, take heart. I want to play this song. And what's good about it is that the words are up there as well. That you can see and read along with. Um, so if you, if we're set, if you would go ahead and play that song, that's her. 
She is speaking. And what she's doing is reading from the message Bible that I just quoted. And I may have to end. Well, I'm not going to sing the song. Yeah, yeah. But obviously something's not working. It worked perfectly last night. We didn't do this song last night for those of you who weren't here. But um, we, we can try it one more time and then otherwise I'll move on. What she's doing is setting it up and then she's going to, as she reads that passage from the Bible, she says, you know, if you've done life long enough, you recognize that there are mountaintop experiences. But there's times when there's pain, there's loss, there's sorrow. And what do you do in that part? I have the feeling that's not going to work and I don't want to just keep dancing. So go ahead and don't worry about it. The song goes like this. The song's called Even When It Hurts. Take, take this fainted heart. Take these tainted hands. Wash me in your love. Come like grace again. Even when my strength is lost, I will praise you. Even when I have no song, I will praise you. Even when it's hard to find the words, louder then I will sing your praise and I will only sing your praise. Take this mountain weight. Take this ocean of tears. Hold me through the trial. Come like hope again. Even when the fight seems lost, I will praise you. Even when it hurts like hell, I will praise you. Even when it makes no sense to sing, louder then I will sing your praise. I will only sing your praise. I will only sing your praise. And my heart burns only for you. You are all I want. And my soul waits only for you. And I will sing till the morning has come. Lord, my heart burns only for you. You're all I want. I will only sing your praise. 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 What do you do when you go through loss? Here's my stand. Jesus paid the price for our salvation and our healing. Isaiah 53, verses 4 and 5. He has borne our sickness, and by his stripes we're healed. Psalm 103. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and do not forget all his benefits. He delivers. He, he, he forgives all my sins. He heals all my diseases, and he delivers my life from destruction. John 14. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. The Father and I are one. In Mark chapter 1, the leper comes to Jesus. You all know the story. And the leper says, if you're willing, you can make me clean. And Jesus says back, I am. Thank you. You do know that scripture, right? When somebody pauses like that. Okay, so I'm down, in, I'm down in Brazil years ago, and I'm doing that exactly. Now, I know it's in Portuguese. You know, I have got a translator. And, and I know they're not going to say back in English, willing, but I expect them to say something. What I was expecting was Portuguese. And they, they looked blank like you did, except for you. <laughs> and so I turned to my translator. Did you translate that right? Well, yeah, every word. I said, well, why aren't they saying 
willing. He said, because our Bible doesn't say that. Well, what, what does the Bible say? What does your Bible say? It says, I want to. Then we went to Japan and found out it doesn't say willing or want to. It says, it's my heart to. He's willing. He wants to. It's his heart to. It's who he is. He can't help himself. That's who Jesus is. The Father does not give sickness or infirmity. He gave us his son, Jesus. I, I, I can't tell you how many times people have come to me and said, well, I don't know why, I don't know why God took Carol. They're implying that God did it. No, God received her into heaven, but he didn't take her. He didn't cause that. God, God does not give sickness or infirmity. He gave us his son, Jesus, and everybody who came to Jesus was healed. That's the standard we, we yes. live by. I do not seek my own will, this is John 5, but the will of my Father who sent me. The will of the Father is to heal. In Matthew 10, 7 and 8, heal the sick, cleanse the leper, raise the dead, cast out demons. And we recognize that healing is a mystery. And we don't always understand. So, this is what I've come to, and maybe it will help. I was recognizing as I was going to do this message that um, Randy Clark has a signature message. It's actually got three titles. It's known by the principles of healing, which is one of the things that I have out there on the table. I stole his message, my stories. Okay, it's legal. <laughs> principles of healing. The other signature message that a lot of people know it by is God can use little old me. And the other uh, title of the message is The Thrill of Victory and the Agony of Defeat. Yeah. It's the same message. It's three different titles. Well, this message now has two titles. Even When It Hurts. And the other, which I'm about to tell you. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I just, I, I don't know. I don't have all the answers. I realize that. I don't, I don't know. And I don't know why. I don't know why. I see so many people's hearing loss or deafness get healed when I've had ringing in my ears for 51 years. I've been prayed for by everyone you've heard of and many people you've never heard of. And every time I, I say that, I'll have somebody at the end of the service come up and pray for me. And I let them. You know, I, I don't know how much faith I have if Randy Clark prays for it or if somebody that I've never heard of before. I mean, I, I just, I don't know. But I'm Continuing to press in. Why does God use me for that when I have not yet been healed? I don't know. Why did I think that was a clock when it's some sort, it's just a round silver thing and I, I, I recognize it looks like a clock and I figured there were hands there and that's why I can't see them. But then I also can't see that clock back there either. Why do I see people get healed with eye problems who have been suffering with those kinds of problems for years. I'm going to show you a picture, uh, I think, in just, in just a minute. I, I don't understand. Why, why are we seeing so many things like I told the story about when, uh, four years ago when my shoulder just suddenly froze and would not work and the doctors could, they never gave me an adequate answer. They never told me why it didn't work. And for about four months, I, I had to go through physical therapy. I got a lot of prayer. I went through physical therapy, and, and uh, it, was, it was mostly the physical therapy. I mean, I think the prayer helped, obviously, but the physical therapy was what got my arm back. But in, in that, why do I see so many uh, people get healed 
of things that no longer work. Like they can't clutch their fingers or maybe if they can close their hand because of a condition, they, they, when they open their, their hands back, their one finger won't open unless they actually pull it back up. I see people with things that don't work get healed all the time. And yet I, I had those problems. I don't know. I don't, I don't understand. This is what I do know. God does not give sickness or infirmity. Many of you are uh, um, aware that we were here two, almost two, two, two and a half years ago. And actually, <clears throat> we were dealing with cancer. We, didn't even, we just didn't know uh, to the depth. We thought it was me. Well, it was me. Uh, we just didn't know about Carol yet. But it was me. Uh, if you get really close to me, you'll see a discoloration in my nose. Um, uh, it, the doctors were able to put it back. I had a basal cell carcinoma and a melanoma. So I left these meetings, went to Davenport, did meetings, and then I went home and immediately got cut on surgery, etc. And uh, what we didn't know was that, that Carol was the one that really had the cancer that would end up being really, really serious. Well, I, I, I wrote, because... The one, because I had two doctors. One doctor cut the thing, and then I went to another doctor the next day for him to fix it and cut out the melanoma. Well, when the guy cut out the thing here, he had to way cut it more because we need to make sure everything was gotten. And so when the doctor who was going to fix everything looked at, at, took the bandages off as I'm under anesthesia and looked at everything, he thought, I will never be able to bring that all back together. And when he did, my nose kind of turned up and I looked like a little pig. I did. I mean, I honest. And so I, I wrote originally not realizing what had happened to me and that it was going to be a process and it may never quite come back. I, I feel like it, it has. But I, I wrote, you know, everything was great, blah, blah, blah. I wrote on Facebook. And then I wrote, because I want to be, be, be honest with those kind of things, I, I, I wrote, um, you know, I actually... Uh, I want to be honest about this. I, it's more extensive than I thought. I'm, I'm, it, it, it brought the nose up, etc. And I had a, write, a guy write me, uh, somebody that I don't know. I mean, I mean, I've got, I don't know, a thousand people on Facebook or whatever. And, and, and most of them are Christians. But he wrote me. He said, now you know about false healing. And, you, and you're just going to have to deal with the fact that God is judging you. We went into Christ for the Nations in Medellin. And I watched as they brought this guy in. They let him in, and he had one of those canes, so he's blind. And as I'm teaching on healing and stating my position that God heals, he doesn't give sickness or infirmity, et cetera, et cetera, the guy recognized he thought God gave him blindness so that he would be able to show the world what a good Christian he was, even though he was blind, and how he was making his way in a, a darkened world. He repented. One of my team members prayed for him. He started seeing light and movement. Wow. Yeah. Wow, wow, wow. So this is what I do know. There's no condemnation. So we don't tell somebody when they don't get healed, well, you just don't have enough faith. Yeah. And when you get enough faith, then you'll get healed. And we don't tell them, well, there must be sin in your life. And when you get that sin taken care of, then you'll get healed. Look, Jesus never did that. He loved the people. That's what he did. That's what we're called to do. You keep encouraging them to get prayer. And if you don't see that, here's the point. When you step into something like this and you start to pray for people, particularly if you pray for a loved one, maybe they're dealing with a, a special issue and they don't get healed, it hurts. It, it gets behind your veil. 
and the tendency is to back up. I can't tell you how many people I've met, pastors and leaders and, and church members who, who really moved in a strong healing anointing. And they said, I, I prayed, I saw miracles. I saw blind eyes open, deaf ears. I saw it all. And then my brother got cancer. And we prayed. We prayed believing. And he died. And it hurt. And I hadn't prayed for anybody now in 12 years. But the anointing was still there. I understand that it hurts like hell. And you want to just retreat. And the enemy will just go crazy on you. Because he's got, he's got you. He's, he's, got, he's got you listening to some of the wrong things if you're not praising him. And, and so what I've gone through, uh, through for the year and a half, I mean, it's still, he's still there. I, I just tell him to go away, but he, he's still there. Well, you, you're too old now. Um, there's all these young bucks coming up, and who would want you? And, and you, what kind of anointing do you have? Your wife didn't get healed. And can you imagine all the things that are, that are there? And I just, I just rebuke the enemy. I'm not saying it's easy, okay? I'm just saying it's worth it. If you don't see healing, don't quit. Step in. God, I don't have enough. I need more of you. Heidi Baker said it years ago, I don't have the right to quit. We owe Jesus everything for what he paid for us on the cross. I may not understand everything, but I can never get away from the commission. Heal the sick, cleanse the leper, cast out demons, raise the dead. So, I don't know. I don't know. You know, in the vineyard years ago, that used to be their, their model, you know? When somebody asks you the hard question, well, why did they get healed? And they got the exact same condition, and they didn't get healed. I don't know. If that's your answer, I, I don't know. You don't have to have all the answers, but keep getting prayer. Keep praising him. Keep seeking him in his presence. So I don't have all the answers, and I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what's going to happen this morning, but I want to show you, I, I hope, a couple of, um, a, pic, a picture and, a, and I think two videos. We're going to try that again, guys. Um, I didn't know these things were going to happen, and they all happened this this last year. Okay, when, when I'm wondering, okay, is there ministry available to me? Because I shut down my ministry in 16. I only did one thing. I ministered four days, and that was it. That's all I did. And then everything, I didn't minister again until uh, January of last year, a year ago. And I wondered, oh God, are you still there? Will you honor me? And most importantly, it's not about me. Will you come through me to people that I'm ministering to. Will, are you still there? And you, you, you wonder. And then I got to go around the world again. I got to go to Brazil and Colombia and, and, and those places and into churches and train and teach. But I didn't know these things were going to happen. And they all happened last year. If you would, show the first one. Um, and Lord, we just pray that everything works. Everything works. Okay. This is just a picture. This was just, just happened uh, now three months ago. Um, she was in a wreck. Uh, they had to do surgery. Um, they put cages and screws and plates, all kinds of stuff, all kinds of metal in her body. And she, literally, when she came to the meeting, she told us, I cannot move my neck more than this. Well, look at her. 
I didn't know that was going to happen. I don't know. How does that happen? I don't know. Show the next one. Okay, there's no sound again. I'll have to tell you. I'll, I'll tell you when this ends. So apparently we didn't get something plugged in because it, it worked last night. Yeah. This is, um, this is Bogota, Colombia, a couple of months ago. That, that bald-headed guy is me. That's her crutch. Yeah, you can turn that off, and then we'll go to the we'll go to the next one. But let me set that up. What you just saw, ah, that was so dramatic. I went into a church in Brazil, um, a, a, a place that I'm going back to in uh, in September, which you could go on that trip. There's a sign-up sheet on that um, resource table. It doesn't mean you're going on the trip. doesn't mean I want any money from you or anything like that. It just means you would like to have information about the trips, the five trips that I'm going to take a team with me next year to Brazil and Colombia. That's all it means. I don't solicit you for money. I don't try to sell you anything. But you can be like some of those team members and see miracles. You'll pray for more people in a week than most people pray for in a lifetime. And you will see miracles and you will get touched and you'll bring it back. I was in that church in Brazil. There was a woman on a... a crutch just like that, only it was pink. She had rheumatoid arthritis, hard for me to say. Um, what I didn't know was she was pregnant. She had been on that for two years in excruciating pain. She limped. She could not walk on her own at all. I mean, when she did try to walk, she, like, very laboriously. Um, and, and she wasn't even from that church, but I, when she came on Friday night, I said, I will pray for you um, Friday, you know, every night when you come. And I, I prayed for her. She'd go down on the power of the Spirit. She'd be a little bit better. But every time she'd walk out, and, and, I, and I, I kept saying, um, I believe that you're going to be at a place um, soon where you'll be healed and you'll be holding that crutch up like that, just like somebody who I'm remembering the testimony that I'd prayed for years ago who was totally healed. Um, uh, it's a long story. Okay. So I set that up, and then I prayed for her on Sunday night. That was our last night. And as I finished praying for her and she gets up off the floor, basically because I had said, I'm going to pray for you three, three times, all three nights, I thought it was done. I thought it was over. And as I'm about to turn away, I feel the Lord speaking to me. Wish it was an audible voice. I've never had that. But I felt like he was speaking to me saying, you're not done. Pray for her one more time. I prayed for her one more time. And then I said, I want you to, I want you to walk. And she walked and the tears just started coming down. No pain, no limp, nothing. And, and I thought later, you know, God, that is so good of you because she's about to have, you know, shortly, a baby. How do you work on a crutch like this and be carrying a baby? God's grace, his love, his mercy. So I go into this church in Bogota, and we're doing a, a, an interview. It was in the church. It was on a radio station. It's the second largest radio station, uh, you know, out there to Christians and stuff. Um, and we go, we go into this, um, to this church, and... I see this woman come up. She's not the pastor. She's the pastor's helper, I guess. And she limps up on that crutch. And, and so afterwards, I show her a picture of the woman who's been healed. Power of the testimony, right? I said, I, I, I want to pray for you after uh, the, the interview. The, the, the pastor was doing a favor to our, our translator. She was giving us 15 minutes. It ended up being an hour and a half, two different interviews. 
because we were talking about the anointing. We were talking about how God had healed our marriage and all these kind of things and then how God had set us into ministry and we were traveling around the world. So she was really interested in what we were doing. And I told this girl, I showed her the picture. I said, I'm going to pray for you when the interview's over. And so I bring her up there. I find out she's been on that crutch for four years, excruciating pain. She had a blood clot that had gone um, to her brain and she was paralyzed all on one side. Totally paralyzed. I pray for her. She goes down in the power of the Spirit. And what you see is us interviewing her. She's walking. She's jumping. She's jumping up and down. And then when we bring up the crutch again, I said, what do you want me to do with it? She said, throw it away. And that's where I kind of threw it away. Come on. Yeah, I... I wanted that to happen, but I didn't know that was going to happen. I've just... You know, a lot of times people, when I do demonstrations, they say, oh, you have so much faith. No, I just had obedience. I don't, I don't, I don't know what's going to happen sometimes. I just pray. I just know I'm supposed to stick out my hand. Like John Wimber used to say, I stick out my fat little hand. Well, mine's not fat. But I stick out my hand and say, come Holy Spirit. He's the healer, not me. But he is the healer. He's not the giver of sickness and infirmity. Okay. I think I probably need to set this one up, although you'll probably be able to tell the emotion. This was a young student down in the Christ for the Nations in Medellin, Colombia, just a couple of months ago. She came to me after the teaching and said, um, would you pray for me? Um, I've had double vision all my life. Now, she's a young gal. I'm going to guess 23, 25, somewhere like that. It's hard to tell um, because you're all young to me. Um, <laughs> She said, I've had double vision all my life. The doctors tell me that there's nothing that they can do. It's just it's what it is. She said, I have never looked at my hand and not seen ten fingers. I mean, can you imagine going through life like that? I prayed for her. She went down on the power of the Spirit, and then we'd pick up the interview. Try that one, and let's see if this one's going to work. I mean, look at, look at this as she's realizing. Yeah, something's not plugged in right or whatever. I don't know. It doesn't matter. But look at the emotion. Look at this. She, and, and, and we're asking her, so how long have you had this condition? And she's saying, I went to the eye doctor, and the eye doctor is telling me, all my, you know, I've had it all my life, and there's nothing that can be done. Praise God. It's gone. Yeah. Look at that. Look at that. Look at that. I don't know. For me, it's worth it all. Okay. You've been listening to a presentation from Heartland Church in Ankeny, Iowa. For more information about our ministry and its available resources, visit us on the web at heartlandchurchonline.com. Thanks for listening.